You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back here for another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. New month, November 1st. Hope everyone had a safe and happy Halloween uh, to all of my, uh, my my Michigan fans out there like myself. A tough weekend, to say the least, but but we're back on the horse. Also, sorry for the, the spottiness. We are still on a uh, five-day-a-week schedule, but uh, I've had a lot of uh, a lot of family stuff going on the last couple of weeks um, and expressed that to Locked On. So we are back, and the month of November will be back to full-time, rocking with everybody, and uh, let's get back to some of these player breakdowns for players going into the, uh, the following, the upcoming season. Players from last season that we know are going to be on the team, even some that are iffy, you know, we'll get into some of those um, kind of borderline people like Willie Castro, Nico Goodrum, etc. But today we're going to get to Jonathan Scope. Scopey. Back uh, is, is going to be up here. We've done Robbie Grossman and Jamer Candelario. So next up is going to be Jonathan Scope. And that's who we're going to cover today, getting the two-year extension, uh, obviously. So we're going to do a deep dive on Scopey today. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen Every day, we are free and available on all platforms. All right, let's get into Scopey. Um, Jonathan Scope, first base and second base this year, as uh, most of you know, played a lot more innings at first base than he did second base this season. 900 innings at first, 313. 313, you love to see that. 313 innings at second base. We'll start right off with the defense, okay? Uh, he, he has been an above-average second baseman defensively his entire career. Uh, if you look, we'll, we'll go to defensive run saved, or DRS. A, uh, I, I like DRS for second baseman. I think it's a pretty, that's a, a, a reasonably solid stat. It's not a position that, that necessarily requires the range of shortstop. Um, and, and I don't just like using errors. Um, so I, I think DRS is a, is a solid stat for, uh, for second baseman. And, and, uh, you know, as hopefully, as you've been able to tell right now, I'm pretty honest and open about, um, what stats, the, the pros and cons of any of these stats that I'm going to use for any of these people. So second base DRS, I, I, I tend to like second base, second base. I tend to like DRS for second baseman. Uh, so just going through his career defensive runs saved at second base. Uh, 2013, he played like like not even 20 games or whatever. He played like 13 games or something his, uh, his, his first season in the league. So I'm not going to count 2013 in any of these. But starting in 2014, his first full season, he had 12 DRS, 2015-1. Then 9, 14, 15, negative 2. Then 1 last year in the shortened season, only 40-something games. And then a plus 1 this year at second base in 313 innings. So those, that's his defensive run saved at second base his entire career. This year, his first innings ever logged at first base. Ever. Had never played first base at the major league level before this season. 
uh, and logged a negative four defensive run save. Now DRS for first base is is I, I still like it. I, I still like it more than than some other stats, but uh, it's, it's not. I don't like it as at first as much as I do at second. I guess, but but it's still the, because it's the same stat and and we can look at it easily between positions. It is worth noting a, a five DRS difference. Uh, and also in 600 more innings played on top of that is, uh, is, is pretty, pretty significant. Um, especially when it's second, we have so we, you know, what his entire career, he's only been in negative at DRS at second once. So that positive one in 313 innings, we can assume would, uh, would be, uh, around a th- plus two or three probably. And, and, uh, that wouldn't be a ridiculous thing to say because we've seen him put up positive numbers there his entire career. So it is worth noting he he is a uh, a comfortably a better defender at second base than he is first base. Uh, for all those people who like UZR, he had a exactly zero UZR at second base and a negative one and a half at first base. UZR at first base is, uh, is, is a little weird to me because that's, that's not a position that, uh, that, that requires a significant amount of range or anything, but, um, definitely again, we, we, the stat is available for both positions. So it's, it's interesting to note at a minimum. Uh, so, so just starting off with defensively, those are, I think, uh, Going forward, especially with the two-year extension, it's going to be interesting to see how they they handle him. He's not a Willie Castro level of horrible defender at first, right? He he's not a he's not a horrific first baseman by any means. But I also don't think they gave him the two-year extension to uh, to, to play first base the entire two years either. And and that's fairly obvious with Torkelson coming up and everything. That that's not breaking news to anyone, but. I think the plan is probably going to be at the start of next season. Now, some of this will depend on the CBA too. If uh, if the collective bargaining agreement that's supposed to happen this off, well, that is going to happen this off season, ends up changing the service time manipulation that so many front offices do, um, I think that we. Uh, I, I'll put it this way: if it stays the same. Okay, so in in t- how how it's set up today with service manipulation, you have to have six years of service so you can become an unrestricted free agent. So teams wait until like the middle of May to call up their top prospects. Chris Bryant's a big one. If if you're not familiar with with this this thing that front offices do, just look up the Chris Bryant case. It's the most blatant service manipulation probably in the history of baseball. Okay, so. And then they didn't even let him play out his entire six years. They traded him. Absolutely hysterical. Okay. So, if that remains, then I would imagine next season, Scopey probably starts off playing a lot of first base again. Because I don't think... uh, We'll we'll get into Miguel Cabrera later in this series of of shows. Uh, But I, I don't think Miguel Cabrera is ever going to be an everyday first baseman, even if it's only for a month and a half ever again. Uh, and and Scopey has this experience here, even though he's not a Gold Glover by any stretch. He has the experience at the position and can play it, you know, at a slightly below league average level. Fine. Um, so I, I would imagine next season, at the start of next season, he he'll probably play first uh, until Torque gets called up, and then when Torkelson gets called up, we slide him over to second. I don't see us addressing second base this off season because we do have. 
uh, several people currently on the 40-man that can play the position of second. Uh, and Scope is obviously the everyday starting second baseman if we have somebody else to fill in the hole at first base that we currently have. Now again, when Torgelson's called up, that hole goes away. We no longer have a hole at first base. But until that time, uh, I, I, I think that's probably how they would handle it. Now, again, the CBA, they could completely change the the manipulation thing, and it could be a lot different and, and whatever. And if it ends up changing and Torkelson just makes the team out of camp or, uh, or, or doesn't come up until July because they, they made it so that you have to wait even more to discourage whatever, uh, then we could be looking at a different scenario. But in its current state, I, I would imagine that he played a, a fine enough first base to, uh, to, to earn being the everyday first baseman and logistically just being the everyday first baseman with this roster as it's currently constructed until Torkelson's ready. And I think that's one of the big reasons that they gave him the two-year extension too. Okay, so that is where he stands defensively. And we will get into all of the uh, the offensive, which is where he, his money is honestly made. Right, that is that is Jonathan Scopes, uh, the the power hitting second baseman, most home runs hit by a second baseman since 2014, I believe. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty remarkable stat. So um, we will get into all of his uh, his offensive stats and, and take a deep dive into how he's going to shape up next year and how he shaped up this year after I tell you guys about our good friends over at DirecTV Streams. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite devices. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter. Get rid of the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies based on the package. All right, everybody. We are back here for segment two at Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Scott Bentley. Happy November. Happy uh, happy soon-to-be Thanksgiving. November, a, uh, a an interesting month. In the state of Michigan, we uh, we start the month out with with you know fall weather, and by the end of it, there's a foot and a half of snow on the ground. So uh, li- life comes at you fast in November in Michigan. Okay, let's get into Scopey's uh, offensive numbers. So just taking a look at his season as a whole, right? We see 156 games, full season of work. He's been doing that. Pretty much his entire career hasn't never missed too much time uh, in his entire career. So so all already good start. Also his age twenty nine season. Scopey's going into his age thirty season next year. That's that's awesome, especially with the two year extension. Uh, getting him right in his prime. So that's beautiful. But there's some interesting stuff here. First off, his walk rate. If you've listened, if if you've been listening to the show since I've taken over, you'd know I that's that's a I love walks. Okay, everybody knows 
that I, I'm also seeing Jonathan Skill played five games in 2013. I think I said like 20. He didn't even, he, he played five games. Any, anyway, that's my ADHD talking. Uh, five and a half walk percentage for Jonathan Scope in 2021. Now, that is not some remarkable number by any stretch. I, I wouldn't even call that like good, to be honest. That, that's not anything to be like, oh my goodness, look how, look how crazy good his walk percentage is. It's not that great. We've seen the, the Robbie Grossman walk percentages, right? We even saw Jamers. Five and a half percent. It's not terrible either. That's not like at the bottom of the league. That that's that's it's it's okay. It's okay. That's an okay walk percentage. But it becomes a lot more intriguing when you realize that five and a half percent is comfortably the highest in Jonathan Scope's career. His walk percentage throughout his career is four point one. Across all seasons combined. And going through year by year, you have 2.7, 2.8, 3.2, 5.2 in 2017, which was his career high, 3.8 in 2018, 4.3, 4.5 last year in his first year with the Tigers in the 40, well, he played 44 games, but in the 60 games shortened season. And then 5.5% this year. Year and that 2017 was also in 160 games at 5.2 percent. So two full seasons of work, and uh, this year his highest walk percentage of his career. That's awesome. That's great news. As I said earlier, everybody who who knows me at this point knows I I love somebody who can draw walks. I don't expect Scope to really go up there and ever draw a walk. That that's not something he he goes up there with the intent to swing swing the uh, swing the wood. He goes up there with full intention. Of, uh, of, of taking a hack with the lumber. So I, I don't really expect him to draw a walk ever, but it's awesome to see a career high in walks. Hopefully he can take that into next season. Uh, Steamer is a projection database that, that tries to project stats for the upcoming season. I personally think Steamer is a steaming pile of something. Uh, so I, I take very little into steamer projections, uh, if anything at all, honestly. I, I, I think they're horrible. Um, but <laughs> I, 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 I crap all over it and then I'm going to use it. Um, and, but his steamer projection for next season walk percentage is 5.2%, which I think is that in the sense of everything is relatively fair. A slight regression, but still coming off of a career high, giving him the respect of, of okay, it's, he'll probably regress a little bit in that area. However, uh, he, he will still be uh, in the, comfortably a whole percent higher than his career average. So, so that's nice to see. K percentage is also something else that's very interesting for Scope. So going through his entire career K percentage, you have 25.4, very high, striking out one of every four at-bats. 24.6, 21.2, 20, 23, 25 again, 22 last year, a 19.7% K percentage this year. Again, comfortably a career high, even more so than the walk percentage. This is this is a career high by by well over a percent. His uh his his career K percentage is 22.4% for those who aren't math geniuses and didn't uh, do that in their head when I read them all off immediately. Okay, 
22.4%. He had a 19.7 this year. Almost three entire percent lower of a K percentage this season than his career average. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. You're cutting down the walks. You're raising the Ks. You can't ask for too much more than that. So that's another thing that I thought was really interesting and really encouraging. Uh, not, not that I'm expecting, you know, he's 30. I'm not expecting him to, to take a huge step forward. But if, if we can match those numbers for the rest of his two-year uh, tenure here and, uh, and, and continue the, the power, I, I'm, I'm going to be very happy with, uh, with Scopey's production. Okay, his uh, his traditional numbers a 278 batting average. His career average is 262, and that's now two years in a row he's had exactly a 278 batting average. He had a 278 in the shortened season of 2020, and a 278 this year in a full season. 320 on base percentage. His career is 301, and this was another thing, man. I'll I'll. Uh, credit where credit's due, and I will expose myself. This is something that when the when Scope was initially signed in 2020, sorry, not 2020, when he was initially brought back coming into this season, I thought the 324 on base percentage was an complete anomaly because his career numbers say that he has barely an over 300 on base percentage, right? And I thought, okay, this dude gave us pop in the shortened season. Sure, he had a 324 OBP and in a 44-game sample size. He's going to go back down to that 300 mark or, or around there in, uh, in the upcoming season. His average was also way higher than his career average. So I just thought it was due to that. I, I, I was very, uh, not that I was horrifically against it or like oh my goodness why did we bring back our, our probably our best hitter in 2020 uh, him or Jamer uh, but but I was like okay like I, I don't know if I really want this dude to be my two hitter again for another season that that doesn't really spell a, a recipe for a big step forward as a team it was in, in my thought I, I didn't really uh, not that I didn't support it but I didn't really understand it either and he he went out and proved me wrong. That's for damn sure. A, a, a three to almost the exact same on base percentage, and like I said, in a full seasons of work, that's awesome. That that's awesome. So if he can continue to match that, I will be much. Obviously, I'll be much happier. But I I, I think that um, the the initial signing of bringing him back for this past season and the seasons going forward, the two year extension. Are gonna are gonna be looked at very fondly when we look back at the end of the two years. Slugging percentage four thirty five. That is the one thing that was lower, and that is the that is interesting. Now we'll get into this in segment three, but uh, but he did have a, a massive home run slump in uh, in the month of August this past season, and that really caused the the season wide dip in slugging because all the other months. Was pretty on par, so I, I don't expect that to be a a a this 435 slugging percentage. He has a career 448, uh, and his last two years prior to this had a 475 and a 473. Um, I mean 503, 454, 482. He, he's been above 435 pretty much his entire career, so uh, I don't expect that to maintain. I think that was really just due to, like I said, the one. Uh, month in August when when he had no power and went through the huge home run drought. But uh, yeah, man, I I was really impressed with Scope this year. His WAR was one and a half, 
on uh, on fan graphs, and it was 2.1, I believe, on baseball reference. So depending on which site you prefer for your war, uh, not bad. I mean, that's pretty on par with his uh, with with his career numbers. He's he's been around a a just a one and a half war pretty much his entire career with a couple of outliers of, of well over two and and one year in 2017 he almost had four um but but that around that two mark is about what he's done his whole career and that's what we sign him to do that's what he's getting paid to do the aav is about that so i'm i'm pretty happy with it i'm pretty happy with his ops this year uh was 755 which again is not jump off the page oh my goodness look how great of a hitter he is but it was a 110 OPS plus, and, and OPS plus, as I've mentioned in the last two, is just uh, that. That means his OP, 100 is an average OPS. So for this past 2021 season, his OPS was 10% higher than league average. Gladly take it. Gladly take it, especially for what he's getting paid, the value we got him on, and the versatility of being able to play both positions on the right side of the infield. You will gladly take. A, a 110 OPS plus and, and that versatility. So very, very pleased with Scope's season as a whole. And we'll get into some of the more interesting numbers. We'll look month by month and, and talk about righty-lefties and, and even his, his numbers uh, playing different positions and stuff. So we'll get into the rest of the breakdown after I talk to you guys about our best friends over at Built Bar. Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors? Coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. My favorite flavor is the orange. I also love the cookies and cream, but I love the orange. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get the mixed box. That's what I get. It's awesome. You get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bilt Bars the best tasting, but they are healthy Two, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, and all healthy. Order today, get that salted caramel, mint brownie, get that mixed box, whatever you'd like. Boat Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. One step closer to becoming an Olympian, baby. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, everybody, we are back here for our final segment of Locked on Tigers. Thanks for rocking with me. Let's get into some of these underlying stats, I guess you would call them, for Jonathan Scope in the 2021 season. First off, we're going to go month by month because I think that's important to show his consistency, to be honest with you. Um, And and this is kind of a weird way of doing it because there's a couple of outliers, but we'll start with April. Everyone sucked in April. Everyone. The team was terrible. We, we, we looked like we were in for another like 100-loss season. Uh, the, everyone was terrible, and Scope was no different. He had, like a, he had a 514 OPS in 24 games in, uh, in March and April. So, so not a great start to the season. But then he got right back, and for pretty much the remainder of the season outside of June, which we'll get to in a second, he was exactly what he has been his whole career. And and that's what you're getting out of Jonathan Scope. And that's why I, I am so for bringing him back and why I, I supported the re-signing was because he, he, again, as I said in segment two, gives you the versatility of being able to plug him at first and second. But also at the plate, you know what you're getting. 
You're going to get a dude that doesn't walk a whole lot, but he's going to put the ball in play, and he's going to hit for power. And you'll gladly take that. And again, the, the, the comfort of knowing exactly what you're going to get day in and day out is, uh, is something that is very valuable at the major league level, especially when he's at the top of the lineup like Scope has been for the last two years. So May, 745 OPS. July, 741. August, 665. However, the slugging was only 364. So if you make that slugging percentage, what Again, that was the home run drought. He only had one home run in the entire month of August. If you if you make the power, if you bring the power back up to what we are used to it being and what it has been most of his career, make that slugging percentage in the low 400s even, you're looking at another, uh, a, still a slight down month for walks. He only had a 302 OBP, but the average was the same. You're looking at a low 700s OPS. And, and that looks a lot better on paper compared to 745, 741, and 736 in September than 665. So, so I attribute most of that to, uh, again, had a low OBP too, uh, struggled with walks, but I attribute most of that just to the, to the power drought. And then June. And this is another thing you get with, with, with Jonathan Scope. Okay, because he's such a free swinger and because he goes up there with the intent to swing the bat and not draw walks, you're going to get crazy hot stretches every once in a while. And I know I just preached his consistency. And when I said when I preach his consistency, I mean at the outlook of a season. You know what numbers you are going to get because he puts up pretty much identical numbers year in and year out. But he's also going to go on these crazy, crazy stretches because he swings the hell out of the bat. And if the ball's in the zone, he's going to let it fly. And that, with that kind of a player, you're always going to get crazy hot stretches. And that's what we got in June. In June, he had a 340 batting average, a 380 on base percentage, and just under a 700 slugging percentage. That's like Barry Bonds had like a 700 slugging percentage. That's absurd. Okay. That's a 1,077 OPS, all right? 1,077, and on top of that, the last week of June is when he came down to earth. If you only look at the first three weeks of June, he was the best hitter on the planet. Until From June 1st until like June 20th, he was the baddest dude on the planet. So you're going to get those stretches too. Uh, let's look at, I know we did this with candy and this one isn't as dramatic, but it's still telling in wins versus losses, 75 wins. He had an 881 OPS and in the 81 losses, he had a 633 OPS. Now it's not as dramatic as Jamer, but it's still a massive difference. And you're not going to see this with, with everybody, everybody, most people, if you're, especially if you're the middle of the lineup hitter, you're going to see in wins high OPS, in losses, low OPS. That's that's fairly obvious. But it, it is important to note how, how much how important these dudes at the top of the lineup are, and I, I just want to point that out. Um, defensive position, okay? So there's been a lot of questions about uh, certain players. Oh, if, if they play their natural position, they'll be better hitting, whatever. Scope is Mr. Consistency, as I said, uh, as I've been saying earlier. At first base, 110 games, 757 OPS. At second, in just under 40 games, 776 OPS. 
not too different whatsoever. Almost an identical on-base percentage, a 280 batting average exactly in both, and the slugging just 20 points higher at second than it is at first. And honestly, I think that's only because, again, of the August home run drought, and he just played more games at first than second in the season. So really no difference in his defensive positioning versus offensive production. Uh, Batting in the lineup, batted mostly at second, pretty much exclusively, 106 games at second, 774 OPS. That's obviously going to be right around what his season OPS was. All the rest are less than 15 games played, so they're not even really worth doing a a deep dive on. Um, The other thing I wanted to look at, and we'll end on this, but but one of the other things I wanted to look at was the righty-lefty splits. Because I don't think very many people view Jonathan Scope as a platoon guy, or as a, oh he you know he he does way better against righties than lefties. I don't think the general fan base or the general public really views him as that kind of a player. But this season was incredibly telling in that regard. Okay, so let's go through his righty lefties in against righties. He had 446 at-bats. Everybody's almost always going to have more at-bats against righties than lefties. So he had 446 at-bats against righties, 177 against lefties. 478 plate appearances, just under 200 plate appearances for lefties. So against righties, he had a 687 OPS. His slash line was a 256 average. A 295 on base percentage, which I don't like OBPs that are under 300. That is gross to me. 295 on base percentage. A 392 slugging. Jonathan Scope, the power bat with a sub sub 400 slugging is also not great. Okay. 13 homers, 51 RBIs, 22 walks, 93 strikeouts. And that's in, like I said, 478 plate appearances. Okay, that's not great. Not great. It's not, you know, you, you should be kicked out of, of the majors and demoted bad, but it's certainly not good, and, and it's certainly not every day top of the lineup for a competitive team good. Against lefties, in just under 200 plate appearances, 196, he had nine homers. So only four less homers in less than half of the of the plate appearances. Nine homers, 33 RBIs, 15 walks. So only seven less walks in almost 300 more plate appearances. He only had seven less walks against lefties than he did righties in 300 less plate appearances. Unreal. 40 strikeouts. His slash line was 333 batting average, a 383 on base percentage, and a very impressive 582 slugging percentage for a very, very, very good 925 OPS. Again, I just think it's weird. I I, I didn't realize they were that dramatic. Obviously, I, I knew that he would hit better against lefties than righties, I didn't realize it was a 250-point OPS swing from righties to lefties. I don't think, uh, at least in my eyes, again, maybe, maybe, maybe you as listener are like, oh, like, like, 
No kidding, idiot. You know, whatever. But that was that was really telling to me. I did not realize that that was that dramatic of a swing. I, I would have thought it was like a 150-point difference or something like that, not 250. That's very dramatic. You're seeing the slugging percentage have a one exactly a 150-point difference and the on-base percentage of almost a 100-point difference in OBP. And that's the weird thing, man. Like, like the power, you can kind of understand. The batting average, you can understand. You see the ball better, whatever. Having a significantly higher walk rate against lefties than righties is odd to me. That's one of those things that that is that's a little weird to me. So that'll be something to keep an eye on going forward. Again, I, I back the two years. I, I think that he 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 gives you a lot and provides a lot, and he's going to be really valuable to this team. And I love an infield next year of Jamer, big name shortstop, Scope, Torkelson. That that's a that's a competitive infield. That is a playoff caliber infield if they all reach what they can be. But I, I, I that was definitely something that that when I took a, a, a deeper look, I was not expecting to see. And I, I think I, I just didn't think the fan base really realized or or viewed him as that kind of a player or at that kind of a hitter. So that is Jonathan Scope. That is his breakdown. We have him for uh, for two more years. He does have an opt out after next season uh, on top of that. But uh, we'll see. I, I would imagine. Again, I don't see anyone really coming through the pipeline that's going to rival him at second base in the next two years, unless you're really big on Isak Paredes. That would really be the only competition. Or Kreidler, they move him to second if they sign a shortstop. Um, Cody Clemens is is not good. I don't know. There's there's some interesting there's some interesting uh, stuff going forward with his future. So that is Jonathan Scope. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for putting up with me. Like I said, I've had uh, we we I've had a, a lot of stuff going on at home in the last couple of weeks um, that I've uh, that we've been we've been going through. So we're back. We're better than ever. And November, we're gonna get back right on the horse. Get back on the grind. And uh, tomorrow, I haven't decided who's gonna be tomorrow. I realize I said that at the ever at the end of every single person I've done so far. I, I never know who I'm going to pick until the day of, apparently. Um, but uh, I, I promise I prepare for these. I promise I do a, a lot of research and have notes and, and do a lot of research. I don't just <laughs> just come up here and, and willy-nilly it. But uh, yeah, apparently I never know until the day of. I guess I just wake up in the morning and I'm I'm like, oh, who, who's it going to be today? Okay, I'm done rambling. Thank you guys for putting up with me. Thank you for listening. And we will see you tomorrow. Yeah, peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. Catch you all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.